Welcome to another episode of Salvation Solutions. I am Avian. I am Aramis. And I am Pastor D. So today we're actually going to talk about um, this this series called Handmade Tales, right? Did I say it right? The Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tales. Okay. Close enough, man. Yeah. <laughs> and you actually, when you were watching it, you you actually gleaned something from it. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? So, so my wife, Caitlin, um, has been into this show since it came out. And the new season came out recently, and and um, I, one of our friends came over to watch the show with her, and I was gonna check it out, but then I, I ended up falling asleep, and so she didn't do that. It didn't do that. Uh, yeah, didn't yeah, do that. Yeah. So so long story <laughs> short, long story short, I decided to indulge and check the show out. <laughs> Excuse me. And and I, I'm I'm in season three now. Um, oh. Not not a bad show, but but I came I came to the realization in watching the show that it is exactly what would happen if the believer allowed religion to take over the world. Mm. And and the, the time that we live in now. A, a lot of it is in place. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is in place. Like if you think about where we're at right now, how how many of us can can be OK with the thought of not going to church on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. The pandemic just showed that. Everybody good with it. Uh, well, <laughs> everybody good with it. I'm good with that. Listen, stay at the because house. Because of a man. pandemic. I go to church in my room. But if I said, if I, if I said to, to, you know, if I said to someone who, who is religious, yeah. I'm not going to service this Sunday because I'm going to spend some time with, with my well, wife. you going to hell. Uh, right. You're going straight to hell. Yes. You're going to hell wide open. That's the thought process. But that's religion. <laughs> That's religion. religion. And and so in this show, it it, kind of, you know, they take everything back to, you know, back when women couldn't read and write and and, and speak for themselves and and, and all that, all for the sake of repopulating the earth. They couldn't have babies in in the show. So they, they, you know, whoever, whatever woman was able to have a child, they sent her home to home to home to have babies. Right. But all of this was under the name of of God. Mm hmm. You know, every time they approach each other to, you know, praise be under his eye, you know, go, mm-hmm. go in grace. All of these, you know, very meticulously religious sayings. God wanted all of this. But and the same the same, you know, thought that Aramis came away with was what I came away with. Um, my wife also watched. I think she watched the first season or maybe the first seasonal and, and, and a half. And then recently when her and Kayla was talking about it, she went back to it. And so a lot of times I'm sitting there doing work and I'll sit there with her and, and, and you know, at least pretend like I'm paying attention uh, as I watch it. Well, yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah, glad yeah. you said yeah, that recording. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, I mean, she understands. She understands, you know. So, um, but I, I, I catch the, the, the gist of what's happening. And after one of the shows, I looked at it and I was like, religion disempowers. Right. The, the whole object of or objective of the religious in the show is to disempower those women mm-hmm. and just have them and, and use them as servants to serve their will. Right. right. And and this that fits the train of thought that we've been talking about and that I've been thinking on as it relates to Christianity versus what I call kingdomanity or kingdomology is is the difference. And we have to separate. We have to make a distinction. I believe we're in the day where God is saying, we need to separate the tear from the wheat. We need to separate Christianity from the kingdom of God. There are two diametrically opposed concepts, institutions, 
you know, factions of life that they're separate and we have to separate them. Uh, we have a mixture going on a lot today. You know, you get you get you get folks talking about the kingdom, but they, they present it in the Christianity wineskin and they don't they don't go together. And so we need to make a distinction. And so the idea of kingdom, faith and power, we've been talking about faith. And this past week, when I was thinking on on that statement that that we or that conclusion we came to from watching that particular show and then some other things that that I've been studying and researching as it pertains to the kingdom of God. Everything about this two words that 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 express the kingdom more than any. And that's power and that's order. Right. Power and order. And when we understand that and we see that the kingdom of God is all about restoring the power that man lost when he fell. Man didn't lose a religion when he fell. Man didn't lose Christianity when he fell. Man didn't lose what he lost was power. He was given a power mandate, a mandate to have dominion in the earth. That was the power, both the dunamis, which is the word we get our word dynamite from, which, which speaks to the raw power and strength. But then it's also the word exousia, which speaks to the authority that God gives you. So you have the authority and the power to exert dominion over your situation and over your circumstances and over the, the things of the earth. And and you have to you have to see that before we can really understand why Jesus came and what Jesus came to restore the man. He didn't come to restore religion. And how we define religion is religion is man's attempt or man's approach to please God the way man wants to please God. Whereas true, true, true kingdomites and true kingdomology is about pleasing God the way God wants you to please him. Right. And so we have to we have to be able to differentiate between the two. And what I want to be able to do today is look at some things historically of how the Christianity religion was even initiated. But then also talk about some of the ways that that the current modern day preacher, because 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 religion this thought came to me. Let me let's hope I can capture it. Religion disempowers those who need power and empowers the God who's all powerful, who don't need any power. Mm. And we make certain statements that express <laughs> that in our preaching. And you're going to be surprised when you hear some of these statements, because a lot of these statements, you people who watch and they probably going to be they say amen to every Sunday. Because when they hear them, they be amen, yes, Lord. They be, you know, you know, you look, you go, you go on some of the social media sites, and you get some preachers be saying this kind of stuff. And you can have ten thousand likes. Like, how can they like this stuff? Because they don't know better. Right. Because they they're caught up in the matrix of Christianity when that's nothing that that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God and how God wants us to function and live life. Handmaid's Tales is a is epitomizes what religion does. It disempowers the the people and it empowers. The few that's in control. Mm -hmm. Religion disempowers the people, but empowers the pulpit. 100%. Think about that. That's heavy. That's 100%. Listen, I can get ugly. I can get ugly with this thing if I really want to. I can okay, get ugly just, with it. Just don't say no name. I can get ugly with it. Okay. <laughs> it disempowers the people, but it empowers the pulpit. That was the purpose of it from the beginning, though. You got it from the very beginning. You got it. From the, from, from, the, from, from the inception of Christianity, when, when, when Constantine made Christianity the, the, the religion of Rome mm -hmm. and, he, and, he, and he ordained the first pope, everything was about creating a structure to where all the resources of the land and all of the wealth of the land will come back to this institution. Take and Rome will be in power. There you go. Take care of your man of God. Man, you got to make and, sure he got a rolly. You got to make sure he got a navigator. You, go. you got to make sure. 
Listen, if he if he ain't prospering, how we gonna prosper? That, oh, you got it. That's one of the religious statements right there. That's, I, I went to and, and that come right out of the pastor's mouth. <laughs> if the pastor ain't prospering, then how you go? The pastor got to be prospering first. So you got to take care of the pastor. In that atmosphere, right, right. We hear that. We hear that everywhere. Buying the pastor Hummers and, and that's religion. Yeah, get away from them people. <laughs> get away from them people. Yeah. You hear this kind? Of, I'm gonna tell you. We're gonna give you some statements today. You hear these statements? Don't go back. Don't go back. Okay, but are you saying, because here's the thing, I want to make sure that we are clear in what Let's you're saying. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Okay, so <laughs> just because some preachers may say this, could it be because they do not know any better? Because some people she, she still nice. have words. She, she being nice. She being nice. She being I'm nice. She being nice. No, she, she, no, but she's taking it right. We should be, that's right. what she's doing right. 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 So, yeah. So, <laughs> right. so, so, so I'll give you an example. I won't mention no names, but there's some, there's some brothers that on social media that I, I like going to listen to because mm-hmm. they're entertaining, to be quiet. They, they entertain me. That's, that's good. Well, you may be entertained. They, they entertain. Sometimes you want to get me something to laugh at, right? <laughs> and, and they say some good stuff, but it's like I just said, they present, they present, they present a particular aspect of truth in the wrong wineskin. They present truth in a Christian wineskin. And that nullifies it. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they empower you with one statement, but then they come back and they say a religious statement from Christianity that disempowers you. Right? So, so you do have, you know, ministries and ministers. They, they have some good, some truth, don't get me wrong. And, you know, you got, you got the degrees of it. You got some folks that's, you know, just stay away from them. Don't even, don't even, don't even look at them. Right. But you got some folk you can, you know, you can, you can, you can, you can live with it. You, you, can, you can shift through it. You know, yeah. you, you know, you take in the good, you spit out the bad. Right. Right. But, but I believe God is raising up, raising up a, a, a culture and a, a remnant of believers who's just straight kingdom. It's like, man, I want kingdom of God and I don't want no foolishness. Like I want, yeah. I'm, give me everything wrong. Give me everything right. Give me everything straight. Don't, don't, I don't want no mixture. Right. The Bible talks about separating the tear from the wheat. There's a time and a season for it. Jesus said, man, let them grow together. Then when the harvest time come, we're going to separate them. It's harvest time. Yeah. It's time to separate this stuff. Right. So some of the thoughts that came to us as it pertains to kingdom faith and power. And we'll get eventually we'll get to what that's all about and how how faith is the conduit. But uh, religion disempowers. And kingdomology empowers. And when we talk about Catholicism and we talk about Protestantism, we talk about evangelicalism, we talk about Pentecostalism, all of these things, whether we want to admit it or not, whether we want to believe it or not, has this, has this, uh, derived from Catholicism. Pro- Protestantism was started by um, Martin Luther and his protest with Catholicism on the doctrine of justification by faith. <clears throat> if you didn't know, Catholic folk still today pay for their relatives not to go to hell. They pay for, for certain sins, right? That's how they would raise money. They would create dogmas. They would create creeds. They would create certain things where if, if, if you want to get auntie out of purgatory, oh it's going to cost you 10 grand. Yeah, they did stuff like that, right? <laughs> so it's stuff like that that, that caused, that, that created that religiosity and, they, and, and Catholicism came up with all of its own culturalistic ways. When Constantine declared Christianity as the, the official religion of Rome, he did away with all of the Jewishness of, of our faith. He threw away, he replaced all the holy days with holidays. He threw out um, uh, Passover and Pentecost and, 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 uh, and, and Feast of Ta- and Tabernacles. He set aside all the cultural norms that our faith had the first 300 years before, Con- I think Constantine came around 300, 300 AD or 315, something like that. But 
He, he, threw, he did away with all of those things and he replaced all of those things. The, the music, he, he replaced the way we would worship in the homes. They, you couldn't worship in the home anymore. Everything had to be done. Listen, I'm talking about, oh, uh, even the way we structure our buildings, even the way we set up, the, there was no pulpit. The preacher didn't sit up on the pulpit in a big old recliner in a leather couch where everybody else sit on hard pews. That, it wasn't that way. That was all came through Catholicism. That all came through the culture completely changed. He brought in professional worship leaders. There was no spontaneous worship, which is kind of making its way back to the forefront today. There yeah. was that spontaneity when, when believers gathered together and, and worship songs just erupt. And, and that, no, he brought in professionals and, and everybody else had to sit down there and, 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 and watch these folks entertain you until, you know, it was time for, for you to go home. All of this stuff came through Catholicism. All the stuff we still practice today, a lot of it still came, came through Catholicism. We don't know that, though. We get caught up in it. Right. And, 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 and the, the, the ultimate desire that God has for man is for, is for man to be in dominion collectively. But religion, religion don't think that way. So here's the big question. Yeah. So, so as a believer, I want to make sure that I'm doing it right 100% of the time. Right? Amen. By faith, I know that those times that I don't meet, meet that 100%, there's mercy, mm -hmm. right? Great word. Some folks would have said grace, but there's mercy. Yeah. The right word is mercy, not grace, but go ahead. Right. We're going to talk about that. Um, as believers, knowing this now, and whoever's watching this now knows this, right? To whom much is given, much is required. You're right on. Are we still celebrating Christmas? Are we still like, what's what's the process with all of that? Because well, I still think there's a there's a you know, you leave room for people to have a free make their choice. Right. One thing I'll never do is take away the choice from somebody, you know, so you can know all of this stuff. But, you know, you still got to make a choice of what you want to do um, um, to say to say to say we don't we don't participate in the spirit of Christmas. Right. I just, I mean, I mean the the religiosity of it. No, we don't. I don't get into the. I give gifts. I don't get into. I don't get into get into logistics of you know trees and lights and all even all that stuff. And and we can listen. We can, We need to do a whole show based on that. The Christmas tree and the lights. That they stole that from the festival of lights that was that was related to a a a a, a war that uh, the Maccabees uh, mm -hmm. won back the the land the the Jerusalem over, you know, a particular or uh, another nation that had Jerusalem captive. So and and, uh -huh. and they and they and it would light up the, the the streets in the city. So it was a celebration of that. So it was it was a lot that's been stolen and been lost and been swept under the rug through through religion that we don't even that we don't even understand. Yeah. Right. Um, but the more weightier aspects of religion, uh, this thought came to me this week of how religion disempowers but kingdomology empowers. I mentioned earlier that religion will always look to empower the God who don't need to be empowered at all. Listen, if you haven't, if you never say to God, be the glory, if you never say, Lord, I glorify you, he good. He ain't worried about you giving him no glory. <laughs> that don't that that he good. He don't need you. He don't need that. He good. Right. So so let's not get. Confused about. 
Whether or not I got to say, to God be the glory. You got some folks, religious, religious folk now, everything they say, to God be the glory, everything they do. They got to say, well, I'll give glory to God. I wonder how they start off. Well, first I want to give honor and glory to God. I want to <laughs> um, just say what you're going to say. Man. It means more to say daddy. Right. Just call him father, daddy. The most intimate way you can address him. The point is, we get caught up in this religiosity of things and, we, and we missing, we're missing the point, right? So um, I, wanna, I want us to understand that, that, that the, the aim or the outcome of religion is the disempowerment of the people and the empowerment of the pulpit. What we have to do is reverse it. This thought came to me, it's a glorious revelation. A true king, all he want to do is give away power. Now, now I've, I've shared this, this, this concept with, with everything from, from pastors to, to business owners, to those who manage people. Right. The idea of management, the idea of of oversight. The idea of being a boss is to empower. It's to empower. Jesus is the ultimate, ultimate example of how to be a CEO, how to be a boss, how to be in control, how to manage people. It was always about empower a true king. All he wants to do is give away power. He wants to give away as much power as he possibly can, because a true king understands the more power he give away, the more powerful he becomes. The idea of a king becoming more powerful is to empower, is to empower Aramis to go take over another territory in my name, under my resources, under my power, under my authority. He go now. He runs that particular area. He runs that town. I may get a small percentage of what comes from his, the fruit of his labor, but, but he's running. I'm empowering him, which adds to the growth of my kingdom. I'm not trying to take from you and keep you, but, but the way religion presents it, Man, we got this thing. Listen, listen, if the past ain't blessed, then how are you going to be blessed? We got a pastor's day, but we don't have a we don't have a we don't have a, 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 congregation. a congregation day. Mm -hmm. We got a day where we give all we give all kind of stuff to the pastor. But what about the people? Well, the pastor running around, driving around in the Bentley, but you got some folks catching the bus to service. I mean, it gets ugly, man. You know, I was it gets having ugly. a breakfast today and we were actually talking about some of the problems with the church and how the church doesn't treat the people the way Jesus treated his people. So some things that came up was that um, Jesus, he actually in the like in the same breath, he would rebuke you, but then say, now go and do what I said to go do. Like he like he still saw gold in you, like even mm -hmm. though, hey, right now that that ain't good. But you need to go and, and do what I said to do because you have that in you. So he's still in like in that same breath corrected you that was wrong but you still have the same power to go do what i told you to go do mm -hmm. and so whereas the church when the church rebukes you they want you to sit in that that was wrong well okay okay you're right okay let me say now you're right on okay. that's perfect <laughs> no, listen. so 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 some of the religious stuff is well you still a sinner mm -hmm. right well People say well, that about themselves ain't, ain't nobody perfect right yeah right we all gonna we all gonna sit what does that do that, that's, that creates and gives room for condemnation, mm -hmm. shame and guilt. That's disempowering. Right. The Bible says a, 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 a weak conscience leaks faith that disempowers you. When Jesus came, we we're talking about a, a, a true king. All he wants to do is empower. Jesus said this in, in Matthew 28, think of verse 18. He says, all power in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. His very next statement was, go ye therefore. Right. Hidden in that commandment is all the power that I've got, mm -hmm. all the power that I've received, I've now given to you. 
That's, right. That's what a true king does. Empowers. Right. Not disempower. Not tell you what you can't do, who you ain't. You ain't forgiven it. You need to do. Not, they don't remind you. I, I was talking to a brother who, who got into some trouble and he had to go through this, 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 um, this program. And in this program, all they did was remind you of what you did to get in the program. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to be reminded of that. Like, I, that's behind me. Oh that's behind me. I don't want to be reminded of that. Right. I want to forget about that so that I can go on in my power. Jesus didn't do that. He said, listen, remember when the, remember when the, uh, when the woman came and they wanted to stone the woman? He says, he says, anybody here condemn you? She said, no. He said, neither do I and sin no more. Right. But you got the pulpit saying, well, we all got to sin. Everybody got to sin a little bit. We all got to sin. Everybody got to sin a little bit. Jesus said, sin no more. Right. Yeah. He said, sin no more. Like Jesus said, sin no more. But you're going to say, I got to sin. That's religion. But that's Why don't you go into some of the other things? That All right, so let's read this thing. So, so, <laughs> so what I wanted to do as I was thinking, I was like, I was like, look, what's all the religious statements that people make that, that disempower us? Because Jesus, if you, if you study his ministry, everything was about empowering you through faith. Faith is the conduit that that's built within the kingdom of God to connect you to the power that you were originally designed to have all the way back in the garden. Jesus came to restore power back to man. The dominion mandate that's upon our life was to be done by faith. When Adam would walk with God in the cool of the garden, he'd hear the spoken word. He'd do what he heard. Jesus said, I only do what I hear and what I see. What I see my daddy do, what I hear my daddy say, that's what I do. That's the faith life. The just shall live by faith. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. It's called the faith life. Hence, the faith life on my shirt, right? That's what we call it, the faith life. That's the brand, the faith life. So we got to make sure we zoom in on that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what we're talking about is, is Jesus empowering us through the vehicle of faith. Hebrews 11, the Gospels, Paul, the, everything is, is the, the faith life is the empowerment, empowerment mechanism for us to walk in the power that God originally wanted us to have to have dominion in the earth. Well, religion says things and uses these religious phrases and catchy statements to disempower you, right? Some of them are, God, I call it the God's gonna bless you gospel. Everything is on God. God's gonna do it for you. When the Bible don't teach the blessing manifesting in our life in that manner, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to your life. The wolf is going to come upon your life due to the blessing being upon you. Well, this whole thing where God's going to bless you. No, God has already blessed me. Right. The, the, the subtlety of religion and its statements make it as make it seem as if God is still working. Whenever you hear statements that present God as one who's working and not resting, it's religion. It's religion. Like God's going to do this. God's working this out. God's going to move this mountain. No, he not. He resting. Right. He's empowered you to do that. Right. The other, other statements. God is in control. This is a good one. God is in control. Any statement that you hear from the pulpit that places the outcome of what we of what the Bible says we can have on God is religion. It's just religion that come from Catholicism. See, Catholicism wanted everybody to be dependent on the pulpit. They want everybody to always have to come back here every week to get to feel good about who they are. So that they can keep coming, keep filling the coffers, right. keep paying for folks to get out of purgatory, 
It's the same spirit, same spirit in the street, in the Baptist church down the street. Same spirit. This is uh, I say, Baptist, I shouldn't say that, but it's all it's just it's, it's, it, it. Denominations don't matter. It, 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 it goes through all the walls of domination, it, I mean, uh, any denomination. Right. So the point is. It disempowers us. Right. Other statements. If it be God's will, that's another one. If it be God's will. Oh, my God. It is God's will. Our responsibility is to find out what God's will is. Well, Jesus prayed. Well, no, Jesus didn't pray if it be God. But then what did he, he said, if, it, if, if we could find another way. But nevertheless. So I have a question. Yeah. Is is religion more dangerous for the religious person or the non-believer? I would say both. The danger for both. There's dangers for both. The religious person, they're trapped. They're trapped in a bubble mm-hmm. that they don't even realize they're in. Like most Christians don't realize that they're imprisoned through the Christian culture. They don't even realize it. They'll fight you. Like folk, folk gonna fight me. They're gonna be saying all kind of stuff when, they, when we post this stuff. They're gonna fight. They fight to stay ignorant. They're gonna fight to stay in the Christian bubble yeah. because they don't know better. That's the danger for that person. The danger for the non-believer is when they encounter religion, they're going to think it's real. Jesus said this about the religious folk. Religious folk, they say you travel to and fro to make one proselyte. And when you do, you make them twofold, the child of hell, than yourself. Because they, you, you put them in a position where you make them think they have something they really don't have. Oh, so first I got to convince you that you don't have the real thing. Yeah. Then they got to get you to receive the real thing. So they trap twofold. Wow. So it's, it's, it's worse. I mean, it's, it's bad for both of them. It's bad for both of them. Do you, so here's, here's why I asked that, because my, my thought was it, it might actually in some ways be worse for the non-believer because I've heard people that I'm related to say things like, well, if God was so good, then why, why, why do people die in car crashes every day? If, because if, religion if the, teach you that. Right. What religion say? Well, God needed another rose in his garden. That's what I'm talking about. But, well, God but it, took it puts, him. It puts must it, not have been God's will for him to live. That's it puts a lie. I'm a believer in a position to feel like, well, I don't want nothing to do with that. I wouldn't want to have nothing to do with it either. But but but, but why would I want to have something I mean, to do with like, a guy that'll kill you in a car crash? Right, right. What but, kind of foolishness is that? They're, they're seeing they're seeing the the entire approach of God from that oh, lens. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. So it puts yeah. them in a position to not even want to hear yeah, anything yeah. about God. So that's the danger, right? That's the danger. Right, no, right. that's the danger, right? Why do you think you got so many folk today not saved, not coming to the church? <laughs> I don't want to hear that message. I mean, listen, I don't want to be bothering none of the folk over there. Right. They driving folks away. I, that's, that is the danger for them. That's why we got to be saying what we're saying. That's why we got to be talking about what we're talking about. That's why we got to make a separation between the Christianity and the kingdom of God. That's exactly why. Because, Jesus, listen, when Jesus came, he separated, he came down, he spoke, listen, I'm nice to the religious folk. When you read Matthew 25 and 20, Jesus come down on them folk. Well, one of you Pharisees and you scribes, you hypocrites, you brood of vipers. John the Baptist was hard on them. Jesus was hard on the folk. Like they made a clear separation between religion. Jesus said, listen, beware of the, of the, of the leaven of the, of, the, of the Pharisees or the Sadducees. Beware of their teaching now. Don't you, don't you get caught up in that foolishness? We need to be saying, listen, don't you listen to, don't you listen. Did you better stay away? Brother, brother Nate? No, no, man, I can't listen to that brother. No, that's what Jesus would do. That's what Jesus said. Man, you need to stay away from the religious sermons. If it be God's will, well, we just waiting on God. 
We all sinners. We're all just sinners. When the Bible teaches, it teaches complete opposite. You either the righteous or you the sinner. Read Romans, the fifth chapter. Ain't nobody perfect. When everywhere, you can't, you can't take me one place in the Bible where, where, where it talks about being perfect in the negative. It says anything negative like that. It actually says in Peter, be ye perfect as your heavenly father, which is in heaven is perfect. Now, they don't understand the biblical or the kingdom idea of being perfect, right? It don't mean I, I know everything and I do everything right. That's not what it means. What it means is Alessandra is in the first grade mm -hmm. and Alessandra gets a 100 on everything that's required for her to know in the first grade. Mm -hmm. What was she? Perfect. She's perfect. Does she know everything? No. Does she, does she know second grade uh, information, third grade information? No, God only requires of us of what we know to live up to what we know. Now, if, if, if somebody come along and ask Alessandra a question that's, that's for a fifth grader and she get it wrong. Oh, see, I told you she ain't perfect. No, 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 no. You mis you mischaracterizing what, what it means to be perfect from God's perspective. He that knoweth to do right and doeth it not, to him it is sin. To him it is sin. Alessandra don't know better. Right. She don't know what she's supposed to know in fifth grade. So I'm not, I'm not charging that to her account. Abraham said, Lord, I thank you that you only behold those things that are equal to your word in my life. That's what God sees. God don't see the wrong. That's covered. That's why Jesus died. So he don't have to look at that. But that's all religion looks at. It's how bad Alessandra is. And Alessandra can get everything right over here, but she get one thing wrong over here. That's what they're going to focus on. Because they want to keep Alessandra in condemnation and shame and guilt so she can keep coming back to me every Sunday. Or keep her humble. Or keep her humble. Right, right. Keep her broken, right? Ain't nobody perfect. Well, we all got a sin. Well, I just gave you two scriptures on that. Well, Jesus spoke to the woman and then there's another one. The man that was, was he blind? What was it? No, 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 no. The, 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 the dude that, you know, when they come and trouble the water, when the angel would come and trouble the water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The lame man. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, listen, you're good now, right? He said, yeah, I'm good. He said, go that way and sin no more. At least the worst thing come upon you. But he said, sin no more. Mm -hmm. What that mean? What that mean? That mean I got to sin a little bit? <laughs> that mean I still got to sin? Sin no more. Like, we have dominion over it. Now, we got to be at a certain place. We got to be at a certain level of consecration. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But we have the ability to, 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 to live above the law of sin and death as we walk in the law of the spirit of life which is in Christ Jesus, which I believe is the law of faith, right? That's just another statement. I'm going to rush through these things, right? It says, these are just religious statements you got to be aware of, right? God's going to move the mountain. When, when Mark says, if you say to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast to the sea, you, you, we speak to mountains. God ain't moving no mountain for you. Oh, I love this one. In God's timing. God ain't got no time. God don't live in time. Right. God don't operate in time. God's, God just showed me this recently, right? God's timing is dependent upon man's maturity. God's timing is dependent upon man's maturity. What people are referring to when they say something is going to be done in God's timing is the manifestation or the outcome of what they want or what they want to receive from God. Well, they put that on God. Well, I'm just going to wait on God. No, God's waiting on you to get in a position where you can receive it. Yep. When God gives us something, he brings it before us. We got to always go back to the beginning. When he wanted to give the children of Israel the land, what did he do? He brought them before the land and he said, now possess it. I've given it to you. It's yours, but you got to possess it. When God wants you to go in a certain direction, when he wants you to go to another level, he'll bring an opportunity before you. If you don't possess that opportunity, it's gone. It wasn't that he didn't want you to have it. No, you didn't have enough sense or faith or whatever to possess it. You got to possess it. 
You got to apprehend it. You have to dominate it, subdue it is what we, the mandate, right? The power. And when we talk about God's timing, it's based upon the maturity of the individual that's expecting something from God. I was recently watching one of the fastest women in the world. Her name is, um, is it Carolyn Richardson? I think it is Carolyn, it might be Carolyn Richardson. And, and as an 18 year old freshman, she was breaking all kind of records, right? She, I'm talking about breaking uh, uh, freshman workers, uh, collegiate records for freshmen, breaking all kind of records, but she didn't win every race. The thought came to me, I bet you her coach said, because they said she hate losing. So in her disappointment, the coach went to her and says, don't worry about it, babe. In two years, won't nobody be able to beat you. It's been two years. She's the fastest woman in the world. Now, what happened? Some folks will say, well, that must have been in God's timing. No, no. What happened over those two years? She, she put in work. She yeah. put the work in. Now, what happened if she don't put the work? What happened if she sat on the couch in a dorm room for these last two years? Still folks be blowing past them. She'd be last in every race. <laughs> but no, she matured. She matured mentally. She matured physically. Her stride pattern got more economically sound. Everything about her sprint and her start, everything got better. Her top end speed, her mid range speed, her excel, all of that, all of that improved. What, what, what the coach see, saw was as she, as he continued to coach her, as he continued to do the things that a coach does, in two years, the full, the full, weight of what she could do will be manifested. God's timing is dependent upon man's maturity. But we take that religious statement to mean, well, we're just going to sit back and whenever God, whenever God ready for me to have a new car, then he'll give me a new car. I'm just going to sit back here and wait. And you'd be waiting for 50 years and never get it. Disempowering. Faith says, I'm going to go get it. Faith says, I'm going to believe God. Faith says, I'm going to do whatever I got to do. Faith says, I'm going to follow the plan of God for my life so that I can possess that new car. I can go, I can, listen, I can go to the car dealership and put cash down on the thing. But that's what faith does. So when God is calling us co-laborers, it's because he's already done the work. So now we need to do our work. Amen. It's, it's not that he's I couldn't have said it. I couldn't have said it better myself. Who she said? Who she found? She found somebody that's been talking about. Yeah, no, that's did. it. We're co-laborers. <laughs> he's finished what he does. Now, Holy Spirit is designed to lead us into the finished work. Holy Spirit's job is to lead us and to guide us into all truth. That's that's that is the that is the the, the job of leadership of 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 the pulpit is to lead us into the finished work. But they're not preaching the finished work. They're preaching the work that's still to be done. When they start talking about God's going to do this and in and, and, and God's time and, and and God's going to do this, they, they still preaching as if he's still working. No, my responsibility is to show you all the what's finished. I show you what's finished. And then I help you to develop an ear to hear the spoken so that you can live out what your specific life is supposed to be. That's what it's all about. But I, I can't do that, though. I can't grow you up because if I grow you up, chances are once you grow up, you might leave. And you might take your hundred thousand dollars salary with you. You might be gone. You might you might grow up to the point to where you know that what I'm talking about don't make sense. <laughs> and then you out. You know, I've been lying a whole time. And then you out. <laughs> See, the system is designed to keep you, to keep you at a certain level. So you can't grow up. Catholics came over with their own Bible. They, they do away the real thing. They came over with their own thing. No, I never heard of that. Oh, they got a Catholic Bible. Yeah, they got what? a Catholic Bible. The man, the, the, we don't got to go in there. They got a Catholic <laughs> Bible. They came over with their own thing, right? But, but it's the same thing. I can, only, I can only allow you to grow up so much. Because what happens is 
you might grow up to the point where you don't need me no more. But that's what a true king does. He wants to, he wants to empower you and say, go ahead, do your thing. Right? right? Another statement. Um, in God, uh, 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 we didn't do anything to get saved. I can't stand this one. That is, that is one of the most disempowering statements a preacher can make. But you hear it all the time from the pulpit. And you hear people, ah! <laughs> That's what they do. Pop. That's what they do. Scream, <laughs> ah! Yeah! I feel like you find things. <laughs> right, right. There's got to be a list on his YouTube searches of the most ridiculous uproar That's what they do. <laughs> folks, the folks start saying, well, you didn't do nothing to get saved. God saved you. And the folks start screaming, yeah! Oh, you did do something to get saved. Yeah. You believed. Your faith, your faith. I think like 11, 13 times Jesus said, thy faith has made thee whole. Thy faith has enabled this time. Your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith. Faith is the conduit to, to, for you to tap into the power of grace. We access the grace of God. The grace of God is more than what folks say in the day. Unmerited favor and, and, and whatever you can't do, God will cover the rest. No, that's mercy, as you said. But the grace of God is an empowering force that enables you to do and accomplish things, enables you to possess and subdue. It gives you the it's, it's grace is the word that that encapsulates all the power that God wants to give you to accomplish what he's born you to do or what you were born again to do. Your giftings, your callings, your anointing, your blessing, all of those things, your forgiveness, your mercy. All of those things are, are comprising that one concept of grace. All of those things empower you to do great and mighty things. But when I tell you, you ain't did nothing to get saved, that disempowers your faith. Real quick, because I know we have to end soon. I got you, boo. We do? I thought yeah. we were just getting started. Mm -mm. Okay, let's nope. go. Nope, 1230. And you got to talk about the difference between, between grace and mercy. That's, that's exactly what I, I was oh, about to ask you. Praise God. That's yeah, it. I was just well, about to I, ask you. I just, I just touched on it a little bit. Grace and mercy. So, so mercy is exactly what you said. Mercy is, is okay, um, mercy is uh, Allie, Allie. Um, in the first grade, she's done, she's done everything she could possibly do to get prepared for this exam, you know, and, and she's ready for this exam and the exam starts at nine o'clock and for some reason she wakes up late, her alarm clock don't go off. Mm. So she's rushing to get to the, to the, she's rushing to get to the exam site and she gets there at 9.01, but the teacher still desires to let her in. That's mercy. Because she says, I set my alarm clock, but it didn't go up, blah, blah, blah. And she says, okay, I'm gonna have mercy on you. Not grace, so I'm gonna have mercy. Like when, you, like when you miss the mark, but you still get what was designed right. for you? Or mercy is connected to the intent of the heart. Mercy is connected okay. to you know, um, you know, the effort you put into doing something, mercy and God, God sees that, you know what, something may have, something may have happened that was, that was not, you, you know, you, what your fault or something like that. And now God can be merciful. Oh, well, okay. I'm sorry. I know. So th does that have anything, is that relative to our relationship with God? And what I mean by that is, do, does, does our history get taken into, into account, into account with that? Okay. Okay, let's stop. Okay, so <sighs> you said your history. Because in the real world, when right. it comes to credit, they do a credit check. check. Right, right. You know what right. I mean? So your history has a lot to do with how much. Well, it depends on what aspect of your history you're talking about. Right? So, so Bible says it like this. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Right. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become no, new. No, I mean during your your relationship with God. Right. So so you're you're a believer. You you got a relationship. Yeah, you're praying yeah. and all that. Well, there's certain parts of your history. There's certain parts of your history that God still doesn't even recognize. Okay. And that's, and that's the part of your history where you miss the mark, where you fail. Right. Right. So that doesn't get taken Sins. into account when I no. show up late. No, no, and no, I need no. that, that mercy. That's that's under that's covered. That's done with. That's okay. done away with. All okay. the sins, past, present, future. That's done. That's why Jesus died. So right? literally on a moment to moment basis, like God is like God is God. That's see, over. see, He can't help but be. Yes, he, that's over. With. That's done with. Right. He can't help but to be merciful because of His great love. God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, with which He loved us. Mm. So we we have to start. The mercy of God is emits from the love of God. Right. So when we when we talk about mercy, we, we're talking about you doing all you know to do. You doing everything in your knowledge to accomplish a particular thing. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, maybe outside of you, things don't, or or it could be a thing where this it could be something where you dead wrong. David was dead wrong. Mm -hmm. But the sure the Bible talks about the sure <laughs> mercies of David. Yeah. Oh, my God. God was merciful to him. God was merciful to him. I can't, I can't get into the depth of that, but it's connected to the love affair that they had. Mm. It's connected to the love affair that they had. Oh, they had a love affair. Well, man, listen, I got to be merciful to this one right here. <laughs> uh, this, this one here, this one got love. This one here got love. This one, so, how, so, this one here know how to engage in my love. See, David knew how to engage in the love, and it, that thing, the he couldn't, man, listen. This one here, he got, he's a man okay. after my heart. This man want my heart, man. He want my heart. So the mercy, yeah. That's how it goes, right? Right. I got to get to the grace. So the grace, the grace deals with this, right? <laughs> so grace is the empowering factor that rests within a man's spirit that enables him to accomplish the thing that he wouldn't be able to accomplish otherwise. But we see grace as a crutch. When God sees it as an empowering force, right? The grace of God took it to another level. Um, um, the Bible says it like this. It says, um, except your except your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. Most folks think that means if I don't sin like the Pharisees sin. No, no. Righteousness is dependent. Our righteousness depend upon what? Righteousness comes by faith. It's faith. It's the righteousness of faith, not the righteousness of the law. But it's the righteousness of faith that that the only righteousness that can exceed the righteousness of a Pharisee. Remember, Pharisees, listen, they follow that thing to the letter. But the only righteousness that can see that is the righteousness that comes by faith. Faith gives us access to what? According to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, second verse, the grace of God. So it's even the grace of God is dependent upon my faith accessing it. Faith is the conduit that enables us to tap into the power that God wants to restore back to man because that's what Adam lost all the way back in the beginning. But religious statements like in God's timing, we didn't do anything to get saved. If, if God allowed it to happen, then it must be God's will. God can do whatever he wants to do. That's another one. They folks that God can do whatever he want to do. God can do whatever he want to do. God, just think about that. Think about that. But to a lot of people, that makes sense. Because I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. If you're that to the, powerful to the religious mind, that, that makes you sense. Should be able to. Right. But, yeah. but, but just think about the condition of the world today. See, well, we, we, that's because we don't have an understanding of kingdom. We don't have an understanding of a king and God is a king. We see him as a, we see him as a, as a, as a God of great judgment, which is very much the case. But a king is always looking to show mercy. He's always looking to be empowered. He's always looking to be merciful and, 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 and loving and kind. Um, we don't see it from that perspective. 
right? In our mind, because God is sovereign, that means he can do everything he wants to do. A true king really don't have a desire to do whatever he wants to do. They can care less about that. They can care less about that. Read Deuteronomy chapter 17, starting verse 14. God gives you a description of a true king. He's the most selfless person on the planet. Don't think about himself at all because he's not infatuated with power. So do you think people see God more as, as like a Oh, I like that. Wait, I like that. Oh, I like that. A true king is not infatuated with power. I like that. Oh, that's good. A true king is not in fact. See, you can't give certain folks power because yeah. they infatuated with it yeah. and they will abuse it. Yep. Instead of managing people, they'll manhandle people. Yep. They'll mishandle people, and they'll think people are there to serve them. When true, when true servanthood is based upon the Paul says, "Listen, the grace that's been given to us is so that we can empower you." That's what Paul said. This grace that's on my life is so that your life can be better. That's how true kingdom and true kings see. That's how true CEOs and true bosses and true and true managers and true presidents. That's how they see stuff. They don't look to, to, to use and tell. They think religion thinks power and authority is so that you can dictate to what people do and how people do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. But right. but but kingdom is about giving you every resource you need. God has given us. Think about that. It's just it gets it gets so it gets I get frustrated because think about everything Jesus died for that we can have. He's given us giftings. He's given us callings. He's given us blessings. He's given us favor. He's given us grace. He's given us mercy. He's given us forgiveness. He's given us love. He's given us faith. He's given us all these things for me to say, if it be God's will, I'm waiting on God. God, if you don't do it, he give us all these things. It's the difference between the worker and the entrepreneur. You got it. That's the same difference. The worker will say, I need to go get a job. I need to, I need I need the security of knowing I got a regular paycheck coming. I need someone to tell me what to do. I need someone to, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to have to think of my own or anything. Right. Do for my, I don't want to have to do for myself. Yeah, yeah. I want somebody to give to me. Right. Shark tank. Great example of, of, of who, who God is in the sense of you got a great idea. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. I got a game plan. I'm going to help you and empower you and put whatever I need to do into your business and around you to to make sure that you become a millionaire. Because when you become a millionaire, I get that much richer. <laughs> that's, that's what two kings think like that. Yeah. God was the ultimate, the ultimate, the first, the first. And we teach this in our building God's building with God's way um, portal. The first thing God, the first aspect of what God revealed about himself was it was his entrepreneurial personality. He is entrepreneurship. The first thing we see God doing, the first thing he wanted man to see him doing was building, was creating. That's what true entrepreneurship is all about, is creating. Then he said, then he used, he used words, have dominion, subdue. All those words, replenish. Those are entrepreneurship words. Those are words that speak to creating, producing, manufacturing, selling, marketing. All those words are associated. But when you put them in the form of religion, you see them as religious terms, like the word ecclesia. That's not a religious term. I think I had something. To, oh, it says the true king desires to share his power with his ecclesia. Ecclesia is not a religious term. That's a governmental term. It's like, it's like, it's like our president, when he became president, he appointed his cabinet. He appointed secretaries of whatever. They, yeah. We use the term secretary of this or secretary of that or secretary of this, right? Where, where, where a kingdom might use the word ambassador or, or minister of this or, you know, true kingdom. They use nice. those kind of words, right? But it's all about empowering this person to handle this particular aspect of the, the kingdom, right? The president go knocking on their door every day saying, what you doing? What time did you do that? Did you do that? What time? Did you do that between eight and nine? What time did you do that? I need to know. 
The two king don't do that. They say, give me a report on what you did and what you accomplished. What's the, what's the outcome? Show me how we're getting there. Just give me a report on that. And we're good. So that word control is actually never should be associated with God at all. As far as what? As far as, as as far as how he wants to deal with the people in in, in his kingdom is not about control. Right. So like God being in control, you talking right. about? It's not yeah. it's not about control from the sense of from the sense of um he's making you do something. Right. No, it's never no. No, no, no. First thing first thing God will never do is violate your will. He ain't gonna do that. Because that 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 the one thing that makes us like him is our ability to choose more than any. The one thing that makes him sovereign. It's his ability to choose. He created me in his sovereignness. He's not going to take away my right to choose, nor my ability to choose. That's what he's not going to do. He'll never violate that. So control in the sense of me taking away your will and your right to choose, not God at all. But when we say, when we say God is in control, that's what we're saying. That's religion. We hear these statements all the time. God is going to bless you. God is in control. If it be God's will, waiting on God. We're all sinners. Ain't nobody perfect. We all got to sin. God going to give you, God going to move your mountain. God, in God's timing, he's going to do this for you. We didn't do nothing to get saved. If God is allowed to happen, then it must be the will of God. God can do whatever he wants to do when he want to do it. If you hear those statements, beware. So I'm going to tell you, beware. That's religion. That's disempowering you. You ain't going to be able to do what God wants you to do listening to that kind of stuff. These are just buzzwords. And these words are followed by long 45 minute sermons that express the spirit, but just said in a different way. Mm. We got to We got to We got to start separating this stuff. This is good. We got to start separating. It's hard. I know it's hard. Yeah. But we got to start making it. We got to start distinguishing between the kingdomology and kingdomanity and Christianity. We got to We got to make a distinction. You know, what? And, and even even for for people like us who've, who've been under you, Papa D, I yeah. think certain things that maybe we don't even know that we still say or think still has to be, yeah. you know, brought up in us to know that it's well, religion and not. Right. Well, because because I didn't meet y'all till several years after y'all had already been in, in, in yeah. say, or in whatever you grew up in. Yeah. I fortunately didn't grow up in the church. So I didn't I didn't I didn't I had to get <laughs> it's funny. I, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> listen, I had to get introduced to this stuff. I'll never forget. Listen, I got to tell you this. I'll never forget. When I got saved, I was still playing football, right? Yeah. So I, I wasn't able to go to church on Sunday. So I got saved at the beginning of the season. So from, from August to December, I didn't go to church at all. But I read my Bible like two or three times since. From August to December, I like read my Bible. I started studying my Bible. I started doing everything. So when I finally... Season was over. I said, I want to go to the church. So I went back to the church that I got saved in that my pops was preaching in, right? It was a Baptist church, right? Missionary Baptist church. I went back to the church and I'm, I'm listen, listen, I want to get some of this word. I'm excited to get into the word. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, what? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> what? There it is. I'm looking at my Bible like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you saying? <laughs> This stuff he's saying don't make no sense. Yo. I had to get introduced <laughs> to religion. No, because really, it was all about the Bible. I was pure word. I was reading the word of God every day. I was, listen, I was writing out books of the Bible, taping it to my playbook. So when I'm in the meme room, I knew I've been in Miami three years already. So when I'm in the meme room, because they cut off all the lights, you watch the video and I sit in the corner. I'm reading my Bible while, they, while we're doing a scoring on plays. I'm reading the scripture. I was just, I had a hunger, like I was hungry, yeah. right? And, and and it was just pure word, and I got and I was uh, what? It just it was. 
I ain't never went back. I said, that's it. I ain't going, I ain't going back. That's it. That was it. So I got I had to get introduced to this stuff because I didn't grow up in it. I didn't know what he was, what he was talking about, what he was doing. And so that has enabled me to be able to distinguish and see clearly. Now, that don't mean when I finally did come here and I got engaged in, in, in uh, certain churches that I didn't experience that same religiosity. I just had been so, so separated from it initially yeah. that when I encountered, I knew something ain't, well, something ain't right. This ain't right. I may not, didn't understand it in my mind, but I knew this, no, that, that don't sound right. So every time I would hear one of those religious phrases, I'll go back to my Bible like, well, let me be sure. Because I know what I read before don't line up with this. So I was able to pick up on that stuff and, and, and be separated, you know. But it's to the point now where my, I'm, so, I'm so sensitive to it because I know that's affecting you. It's 10,000 folks that's listening to this guy on social media when he say religious statements that's, that's amening and liking it. Their life is being disempowered. They're being disempowered. They don't even know it. They're being disempowered. If it be God's will, you know, God going to do this for you next weekend. God, God, God's going to bring this to your. He ain't working no more. <laughs> he ain't working like that. He ain't working like that. My job, my responsibility is to inspire and, and, and present to you the word of God that's going to increase your faith. Listen, listen, listen. For folks to say we didn't do anything to get saved, Jesus then turns around. Oh, I want to show you all this. Oh, well, how much time we got? I want to show you all this. Like I know we've, I need to show you all this. I need, I need to show you all this. I need, I need to show you all this, right? So, we go all the way back to Genesis. I got to read it. I got to read it. Remember when in, in Genesis, the fourth chapter, I want to read this just so, just so I can show you the, the detail of it. When, when Cain and Abel came to bring the first fruit offering before God, right? It says, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the first thing of his flock, of the first thing of the flock, that's why we know the first fruit offering, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel's and his offering, but unto Cain and his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou countenance wroth? And why, I'm sorry, why art thou wroth and thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou shalt be accepted. If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Now watch this. And unto thee shall be his desire, speaking of sin, and thou shalt rule over him. Sin is a person. Sin is a person. We regulate sin to be an action, but sin initially is a person. Satan is the embodiment of sin, but that's because we don't understand the word for sin. Mm. In the kingdom perspective, sin, sin isn't robbing and stealing. and That's not sin. That's, those are sins. Those are the fruit of the heart of sin. The true word for sin from the kingdom perspective is rebellion. Is rebellion. Who was the first one to demonstrate rebellion? Satan. Yep. He's the epitome of rebellion. He rebelled and he tried to get out. Well, he did get to Adam to do the same thing. Adam declared independence. The very thing we celebrate on July 4th. Adam declared independence when he decided to do what he did. He declared his freedom from God, his liberty from God, his separation from God, right? Rebellion. Well, we're to have dominion over rebellion. What I want to show you is how are we supposed to have dominion over rebellion? When 
this language that was used here is, is sin lieth at the door and hath unto thee shall be his desire. Sin or the man of sin, the Bible talks about the man of sin, I think in, in Thessalonica talk about the man of sin. The man of sin desires to have you or possess you. What does that sound like? Does that language sound familiar to anybody? Let me read it. Let me read it. In Luke's gospel, the 22nd verse, 22nd chapter, I think in verse 44, watch this. Remember, remember Peter? I think it's, what is it? Ah. It's Luke 20, Luke 20, 20. He said, he said, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you. Luke, Luke 22, verse 31. He says, Simon, Simon. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you. Same language we used back in Genesis. Satan to have you. Sin desires to have you. When you think sin, don't think, don't think, don't think actions. Think rebellion. Simon, Simon, Satan desires for you to rebel. He desires for you to deny me. He desires for you to say you had nothing to do with me. He desires for you to separate yourself from me. He desires for you to declare your independence from me. What did Simon do? When the temptation came, when the girls came at him. Man, I, he started cussing. I mean, I don't know, know what you're talking about. I had nothing to do with him. I wasn't with him. I don't know him. I don't even like him. He declared his independence. Right? Same thing. Same thing. Same thing uh, Adam did, right? So listen, look at this. He says, Satan, Satan desires to have you or cause you to declare your independence that he might sift you as wheat. He says, but Jesus said this, but I pray for you. What did he pray for? That your faith fail thee not. He prayed that the man's faith would be so powerful that it would overcome the man of sin. And you're going to tell me I didn't do nothing to get saved? You're going to tell me my, my faith is not powerful enough to move the mountain? I got to wait on God to move it? We, ha we have no idea. But religion got us all mixed up. Yeah. Kingdom faith and power. Jesus said this. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The Bible says, Stephen, a man of faith and power. Your faith is always connected to power. When we see the miracles, the mighty things happening to those who follow Jesus, it was always your faith had made thee whole. Faith is the conduit that empowers the believer. Religion always looks to mystify our faith, to make our faith seem nebulous and impractical and irrelevant when they make the religious statements they make. And that's why we are in the condition we're in. That's why our America is in the condition that it's in. That's why the world is in the condition that it's in because Catholicism is ruling. We gotta separate good. it. We gotta separate it. This is, this is, I'm glad I got separated. Yeah. We gotta separate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the root 100%. of it. We see it in we see it in the movies, in handmade tales, <laughs> we see it in government. Yeah. Right? So, and, and the last days is even, I mean, we, when we, if we get into the prophetic aspects of the last days, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be the religious organization, the main religious organization in the world is going to partner with other governments to, be, to create that, you know, new world order. It's going to be, it's going to be headed by religion. It's only one religion. It's only one religion that can head it. That makes sense. It's only one.
Do y'all know what the richest, the richest and the most wealthiest institution on the planet is? Catholic Church. Catholic Church. They say the Catholic Church can pay off America's national debt right now with no problem. They own the Catholic Church owns more property than any institution in the world. That's crazy. They've been having folks pay for their sins for years. <laughs> Centuries. Folks been paying for to get their folks out of purgatory for centuries. Folks been paying to get, they still today pay money to get their folks out of purgatory. No, I'm telling you, they do. Go talk to some Catholic folk. Call, talk to some Catholic folk right now. Man, thousands of dollars. You want to get your, you want to get your boyfriend out of purgatory? Get your Write boyfriend out. You want to get grandma, you want to get grandma, you want to make sure grandma make it to heaven? Write a check. That's wow. crazy. Wow. Okay. Are we going to make sure that we continue these conversations? Uh, we got, we're going to have to. We need to. This was strong. We're going to have to. This was yeah, strong. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, I told you I was brewing. That the guy was showing me that we have to make a separation. Unfortunately, and I and listen. I don't mean to bring. I don't mean to you know speak against anybody. Y'all know me. I, that's not my heart. I, I, but I got to. This is what it is. If you need, I mean, if the shoe fit, it fit, right? right? But but I love people. I love people. I love I love you know. There's, there's, there's two brothers that I love looking at online, that that I love them because because they they you know they they my generation they, they young they got a heart for I know their heart is right but they, they just young. what did he say they just, they young. Well, I'm young yeah. too I'm 25 yeah. years old what y'all want me to say okay that's, that's funny how, how you and I both caught that 25. part they young 25 they young okay 25 what's wrong with that anyway two, two five two five that's the right order that's the right order two five that's the right order I flipped that thing that's the right order. That is the right order. No, but what I'm saying is I love them. I want to, I want to, I wish I can call them and say, brother, you, you got great energy. You got great passion, but you're preaching, you're preaching a new wine and no wineskin. And you're nullifying, you disem, you send a, a, a statement of power in one minute, but then you, you're preaching it in the Christianity wineskin. You're disempowering the people. Mm. It's going to come out though. Yeah. It's gonna this was out. good. Yeah. If you have, I know you're trying to get me to stop. I know you're trying. You've been saying that the third or fourth time. I, am. I know you're trying to get me to stop. Because it's been an hour. I am. Let's get out of here. Let's go. Let's you go. know how Caitlin is. We'll, we'll pick it up. I got you, boo. I got. I, I, I got back. I got. I can manage that. Good. That's my girl. Good. Until next time, make sure you comment, like any comments that you want to direct to Demaris. <laughs> Probably uh, <laughs> leave me out of this. <laughs> leave me out of this thing. Questions, any statements, yeah. any links you want to send him yeah. so that he can see what you're seeing. Make sure you do that. Until next time, be blessed and be safe.